Hello and welcome back. We are at Hillbrook School. My name is Bill Selleck. I'm Director of Technology. I have two illustrious guests today, Laura and Susie. Laura, how are you doing? Good morning, Bill. Thanks for having us. Yeah, absolutely. And Susie, how are you? I'm doing great. Happy Friday. It is. Well, it's a happy Friday for us. Oh, yeah. We'll have to insert like... Oh, the future people. A variable happy whatever day you're listening to right. today. Every day can be a happy day. Every day, but not... Oh, could every day be a happy Friday? Yes. So no matter what, I, sh- I stand corrected. Happy Friday to you. That's right. Right? We started off interactive, and we're going to continue interactive today. Laura, you have a... a yeah, Bill. This so is not a sit and get this podcast. Isn't, this isn't just a sit and receive. This is a sit and imagine and think for a moment. I would love the listeners to play a little game with us. Um, Susie and I have a list, and Susie will read it <coughs> and uh, think about why we brought this list to the listeners today. Here we go, Susie. Okay, here we go. Duck helper, typist, detective, secret spy, zookeeper, dirt biker, baker, journalist, fashion designer, actress, hairstylist, dog sitter, design self-driving cars, chef, sewer, adoption center owner, paleontologist, movie maker, Toy maker or designer, a vet, gymnast, teacher, work at Build-A-Bear, a a seologist, I think she meant oceanographer, (laughs) horseback rider, a pro soccer player, pro hockey player, pro basketball player, work at In-N-Out because they make $22 an hour, (laughs) comic book writer, uh, author of Christmas and Halloween books, songwriter, teacher, Artist, lots said this one. Yay. Engineer, art teacher, ye double yay. Hip, hip. Uh, YouTuber, that was the most popular, although they didn't really have uh, content planned out yet. So uh, this week, Susie and I have asked, no okay. I know, okay. we, we've asked our students um, in the lower school and the middle school what profession they imagined themselves to be headed toward as adults. And that list that Susie read came from what grade? Um, this was third grade. Third grade. Um, There's a couple more. Do you oh, want, oh, Susie, sorry. yes. There is a back to the list. Susie, do you want to... <laughs> it's like yes. halfway here. <laughs> no, wanna, no, no, no. Do you want to give us the rest? Yes. Um, a geologist, an archaeologist, a surgeon, a singer, a video game maker, a video game tester. And I loved this one. To be happy, she wrote. Yeah, that's a really nice place to start, just to be happy. Yeah. Um, So what I was hoping that Susie, um, you and I could do today is to, um, well, and and listener, you, you may have you may have thought as as Susie was reading that list oh these you know these are things that one does in the world um and it's it's a delightful delightfully eclectic list um in the middle school the children were more inclined to say pro sports as a profession um duck helper (laughs) warms my heart I love that so much um is that hang on is that just a human that helps ducks yeah, I think yeah. so. He's think really so. into ducks. I think, great, yeah, great. I think I think a human who you know helps ducks. Um, <laughs> anyway, so uh, is this <laughs> like, can we play this out for just a moment? Okay, is this yes. like ducks don't have opposable thumbs, so like they want a loaf of bread oh. at the local Seven Eleven, and you're going to help the duck get a loaf of bread? Is this are these scenarios Perhaps. that a duck helper would engage in? 
Well, I think, you know, the world is ours for the making in terms of <laughs> Duck Helper. We get to decide. Oh, God. The what Duck are... song is now going to be stuck in my head. Oh, don't sing it. No. Okay. Not. I'm going to keep it in. <laughs> so, All right. So, right. Back um, on track. Professions. Professions. <laughs> um, <clears throat> many times in class, um, students will say, why are we doing this? Oh. <laughs> Yeah, yes. which I love, actually. That is a an opportunity, um, and Susie and I are going to embrace that opportunity uh, this morning and talk about how professions that are outside of the creative, uh, outside of the creative realm or the the visual arts, how they are actually benefited by study in the visual arts, and we together decided um, rather than to to talk about the entire list because that was rather <laughs> extensive um, we'll hone in on on duck helper yeah right start actually on duck, duck helper for the next 15 we're, minutes we're, we're going to we're going to cover just a few specifics off the list so the first <laughs> the first is duck helper actually perfect yeah <laughs> so the the things that a visual arts background can bring a duck helper Susie, off the top of your head, what what do you say? Mm, uh, maybe their habitat, designing where they live and how they live. Awareness, Awareness. about mm -hmm. the space that the duck resides. Um, making sure that the space is assistive to the duck and pleasurable for the duck, absolutely. Something that I thought of is understanding form and shape can help a duck helper appreciate the form of the duck itself, the beauty of the animal, the curve and the angle of the neck, the the beak, feathers, the colors, the textures, the right, the textures. Um, so it's a you know the visual arts are bringing up a, an awareness of of all of those qualities in the it's, duck. It's a noticing. It right? is. It is a noticing. Like I notice, my wife is deep into modern quilting. Yes. And such a great quilter yes. is she. She is. She's incredible. The things she notices when she looks at quilts are different than the things I notice. Absolutely. And she tends to notice more details. Mm -hmm. She tends to notice way more, and I tend to notice way less. So it's. I mean, just like we're, we're being silly with the duck helper, but truly, yeah. like <laughs> your your quantity of noticings are a skill that you develop. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And I have long said to students that what we're actually doing is we're helping train sight. We take that we see things actually for granted. Um, those of us who are seeing people, we think, oh, because my eyes work, I see the world. But study in the visual arts reveals to us that we don't see it all and the more we study in visual arts excuse me the more we see exactly how about a detective or a spy what could they mm. what could they benefit from in studying the visual arts well i would definitely say um, <laughs> uh, that attention to detail and noticing and uh, being very observant and again um uh, noticing things that others just would not even think 
to notice. I would also say organization of thought. Mm -hmm. So uh, a detective has to keep track of many Mm -hmm. bits of information. And when you are working visually, you're keeping track of a lot of information as you're working. And so a detective would probably be benefited from that organization of thought. And making connections, for sure. Absolutely, making connections. How this relates to that. Well, that's really interesting. I'm thinking back when I was working in recording studios professionally. Laptop recording was just becoming a thing. Mm-hmm. So there were a couple different studios that would record onto ADAT. So think like VCR cassette, mm-hmm. but it was data. And so you'd load up two or three DAT machines and you'd have to keep extensive notes on all the tracks you have. And sometimes you'd, well, every time you would run out of tracks. So no longer is track 14 just backing vocals. It's now backing vocals and the guitar bit in the bridge. Right. Right. But then if you decide, like, you just, you have to keep track of all the stuff. Right. That's and a now lot. when everything's visual and computer based or iPad based or phone based mm. or whatever, when it's all digital and all visual, that's a different way to organize. Right. And, you know, tying that organization back into an awareness, you know, you cannot, you cannot track if you're not aware and you cannot organize if you're not aware. Those, those things are symbiotic. They go together. How about zookeeper? Uh, zookeeper. Uh, it's kind of akin to the duck helper, isn't it? It, it is. You were it describing is. it and I was actually picturing like zookeeper or like zoo uh, zoo designer. Yeah. Oh, right. Like habitat. habitat. Yes, habitat. Yeah. Which sure. like is an actual job. I was, I was sure. kind of laughing at it, but just, I'm just captivated by duck helper. Like I, it, I love that. I want to get a shirt that says duck helper. There's something really catchy about it. I know, I know. But it really, like it, yeah, anyway, zookeeper. Yeah. I'm curious, George, uh, like the zookeeper too. Yeah. Um, Yeah, definitely, again, with Habitat. I'm also coming back to... um, to their their diet and food and absolutely and absolutely. learning maybe um, making you know creating like a, a chef I feel like is so similar to an artist um, in that you're finding flavors that go together. I know that that animals probably don't feel well. We have <laughs> but, we but have healthy to know, diets right. And, right. We have to know we we have to understand what flavors appeal to our zoo animal Just, and um, you know I have spent some time in some really great zoos and I know that really great zoos do a wonderful job of creating interest for the animals. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's a, the life of captivity is mm-hmm. one that we could, you know, have a whole different discussion mm-hmm. about, but creating, um, play around food. Also, I think, uh, the visual arts lend themselves to, uh, understanding about texture and food, something in its, in its, wetness or it's dryness um crunchy right and how something crunchy goes with something else Wait, explain to me like with food i get that how does that fit with visual arts is it like yeah. you can i know with like some monets when i was traveling i could like i liked getting to the side of it Seeing almost with my head against the wall mm-hmm. and like see that you can see the depth that's like, the best that's Van what Gogh. that's uh. what like blew me away is that these photo these paintings have depth they've right. always been flat in my, my head that's is, is that, that is that close to what you, you're talking about right so we we think of visual arts paintings drawings as 2d 
many paintings as you have observed if you get up close to them on the side they actually have dimension and no matter what material you're using, even watercolor has a change of texture depending on how much water you have on your brush. If you're using a dry brush over dry paper or wet, wet brush wet. or wet. Yeah, there there are a multitude of material experiences that have textural qualities in the visual arts. Graphite on paper, an H pencil, mm -hmm. a 6H pencil, which is a very, very hard graphite pencil versus a 6B, very, very soft. Those give you different effects, but also they feel different texturally. The the H pencil will resist you on the paper and the H and the 6B pencil will move sort of liquid. -like. Very satisfying. Yeah. On the paper, very smudgy and inky and dark. Is this connect? Is there a 2B pencil? There is a 2B. Is this the famous number two pencil? Yes. Well, yes. yes. And you might not realize this, listener, but the pencil that we all used in school, the yellow pencil, is HB, which Hillbrook. is perfectly, <laughs> it's not Hillbrook, it's perfectly in, in the middle between hard and soft. Oh, wait, so <laughs> H is hard, fact. B is soft. Correct. Quite a fun fact. Architects, so let's move past the zookeeper. Architects use a lot of H pencils. <laughs> yes, zookeeper. How about pro sports? Yes, mm. yes, yes. Pro sports. Professional sports. I thought you meant like I'm for sports. I'm pro sports. <laughs> Three times I heard you say pro sports, and I was like, are people anti sports? No. Professional. <laughs> professional. Sports. Professional sports. Yeah. There's one person listening that's like, I yeah. too thought oh, that. Oh right. So pro sports. I've, I've got. Like nothing comes to mind. Yeah. Oh gosh. Oh, let let her go. I would no. I would love to talk about how pro sports and visual arts align. So, uh, first of all, visual discernment on the field, being able to see with detail the actions of others and the movement on the field is very much tied to training in visual arts, as well as the mechanics. So you might not think of visual arts as gross motor. I happen to think of it as gross motor because even when you are working small, you're using your body in space. And this is something that students develop an awareness of over time. It's not something that you're typically talking to a lower school mm. student about. Um, but the way we hold ourselves in space, the body awareness that we have when we're creating the visual arts really connects to the body awareness of a, a pro athlete, professional athlete. Is that in the same way that when I was studying music in college, posture was such a big deal? Absolutely. That it actually affects, wow. Absolutely. You just made me sit up straight. Thank you. I did, I know. <laughs> Instantly. <laughs> yeah. And, and quick tangent with that. I know it's visual arts, I but love I keep it. bringing in the, the, the audio arts. Music. Um, I got to spend a day in the studio in Santa Barbara with um, Michael Trujillo, wow. who now is the bass player of Metallica. Fantastic. He's been in many, many things. Um, I saw him like on MTV Awards. I don't mm -hmm. know why I was watching this. Like <laughs> a month after we were in the studio and he had, you know, hair down to his knees that was like braided. He's bending over like his bass is almost on the floor. He's he's almost like a letter N. He mm. was so curved. Yeah. Playing. Right. And it was in such contrast because when he was in the studio, he walked in and I was just like, whoa, like this dude is like legit he's you know like he looks the part <laughs> but kindest human and as soon as he sat down in the chair most serious human i have ever ever met mm. perfect 
like flawless posture. I thought it was a joke at first mm-hmm. and it was like record, he'd play it, like be as serious as you want with the quality, like flawless. And I don't use that term lightly, flawless bass playing. All right, next track, go. Plays perfect posture the whole time. So like I'm seeing these connections. Yeah, I interesting. Can, like it's not pro sports. Mm-hmm. And it's not visualized, well, it's, but it's... It's like, pro-musicianship. It's professional musicians. But there's, musicians. Pro but there's, mu- there's a connection that I've never even thought about before. And is it similar? Like if you're, if you're like, mate, uh, what's it called with the clay and spinning a pot? <laughs> throwing. Throwing. <laughs> if you throw it, like, does, do your feet and oh, your posture, shoulders? Oh, posture. Right. Posture. Like, does it make a difference? Your yeah, whole po- body. The, the body's mechanics are everything in throwing a, a piece of ceramic on a pottery wheel. Um, it's not just that... Um, that realm though you know when i or a student is painting or drawing in a big format um you get you get posture coming into it wait what's a big format like bigger than like what they're doing for the sets i'm i'm well currently yeah currently we have the eighth graders working on a 12 by 26 foot um, backdrop. backdrop for yeah for the spring musical um, and the body awareness in that space comes in um, also like that, that changes how you paint absolutely okay. absolutely so um, something that I teach my students is that a brush gets pulled not pushed say that again a brush gets pulled not pushed so I know, right? <laughs> there are all these there are all these little um, like adjustments to know about materials use and tools use that play into the result you get from using said material and tool. Yeah, it's so fun um, with the young ones, especially like the J, K, and K. You know, they don't know much. I mean, they, some of them can write their name at the beginning of the year. But just little things that I in, uh, instill in them throughout their years with me and preparing them to go with Laura, you know, pulling your, your pen when they make their border frame, the line around. To, I'm just always saying, remember, pull your pen towards you. Turn the paper. Pull it towards you. You know, if you go sideways or up, it's just... You're wrong. not supposed to go sideways or up when no, you draw. No, no. Well, no, just the, the border <laughs> frame. Well, actually, actually, I'm being like this. This is. I'm well, consistently getting my mind blown. Well, <laughs> actually, how many times that and the older kids are getting it? We're working on um, a beautiful project uh, inspired by uh, Alma Woodsy Thomas. Um, look her up. She's great. Was great. Um, but where they're they're painting in a circular fashion, little dashes, like almost like mosaics, and. And to be able to turn your paper as you're going, instead of you know twisting yourself up into a pretzel, um, to be able to make a couple marks and just constantly be turning your paper, um, instead of so that your so that your your motion is the same that your hand is doing. It's just repeating that same motion instead of. Doing well, and that's the way, like I hear coaches talk about, like free throws for basketball. Right. Right. Same motion. Repetition. That muscle Repetition. memory. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. So nice tie-in, Bill, with the pro sports. Yeah, bringing pro pro sports back into it. I would <laughs> I would love to sort of um, circle back to the last thing you said mm-hmm. when you read your list, Susie, mm-hmm. which was the "be happy." Mm-hmm. Um, and this, okay, putting aside that, of course, we celebrate students who want to go into the arts. <laughs> we we guide those students and we help those students develop the skills to be successful in the visual art that they choose. The being happy is something that 
I love because, of course, in life, no matter what profession we're in, we want to be happy in that profession. And the visual arts can help us. What, what I think of in terms of happiness in the visual arts is that, well, I have to, I have to present a thesis. I believe that the arts in general, the creative pursuits in general, are the glue that holds society together. It's a form of communication that allows us community that we don't have otherwise. And so if this child wants to be happy, the study in the arts really gives them the language of the arts and gives them that flexibility to engage with not only the world, but the art that is made in the world. And that in turn leads to happiness that understanding and that sense of belonging. Right. And it's fun, you know, to talk about with my, the younger ones, you know, everything around us is art. I mean, look at what you're wearing, your clothes. And I don't mean art, but there is a creativity design and design. Right. So, um, the car that your family has, the, not just the color of it, but the design and all the things that went into it, your furniture, your kitchen, your, you know, proportion, scale, shape, form. I mean, all of those things, um, will come into play, um, no matter what. If they we become a surgeon was another one. Oh yes, yes. Um, that they still have that those skills that we're um, helping them to, uh, to to gain and to all the noticing and all of those things um, still will be a part of their life or sh- as, as it should be, um, no matter what they do if they're designing a self-driving car. Well, and <laughs> I know we just kind of threw like car manufacturer oh my gosh, uh, a couple yeah. weeks ago I was at NVIDIA mm-hmm. with a, a couple students and we got to see kind of their executive briefing center before we went to a meeting to talk about kind of AI in San Jose like the mayor of San Jose was there it was Very an extraordinary cool. time cool. Um, and part of the connection they made part of the story they told and if I pause for a moment NVIDIA makes the hardware that everybody's building AI on Interesting. All right. So right. a lot of... Are they singular in this? Is there anyone else making... They are. Uh, if you're in the AI space, yeah. NVIDIA is your hardware Got it. go-to. Okay. Like very simply put, we're not doing an episode yeah. on that. <laughs> Thank God. Okay. What was fascinating <laughs> is that you can actually train AI models to let you either interact in a virtual reality space, which I've always been like, eh, with, but you can actually run a handful of simulations mm. in a way that wasn't accurate or really feasible previously. And so the example they gave with the cars, and this is where like somebody in engineering, right? I'm trying to make the connection between visual arts and engineering now. Mm-hmm. I design like, here's the machine that's going to put a door on a car. Right. All right. Um, but actually, how does that fit into the factory? And so you can drop in like all of these different factors and run like 100 simulations. Right. That wow. like legit run the simulations, not in a way that we've used kind of previously. And they can go, actually, this machine won't fit because of this. Or as people, as people wheel stuff from kind of one station to another station, right. you, can, you can run a whole bunch of different ways of like, let's make a six-foot kind of path. Let's mm. make an eight-foot path. What if we make this box this big? And you can wow. run it a whole bunch of times and, and see like where the bottlenecks are that in a way so that like just at scale you, you never could have previously. So right. even like a deeply like tr- technical job like designing a robot to put a door on a car, sure. the better you understand visual arts, mm. right. the better... 
better you're going to be able to leverage these tools. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I, and I would argue, <laughs> and I guess the position that I'm taking is that you can name any field for me, yes. literally anything, and I can find how the visual arts benefit that professional. Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. Do we have any more jobs? <laughs> um, well, mean, we have hundreds more jobs. Oh, I know. There, <laughs> there, there, are, there are countless jobs. Um, I, I think that rather than talk about any specific specific areas of, of professional life, um, just to, to close on, you know, talking about how, you know, Susie, Susie, Miss Susie, and I go by Miss Hale, um, how, you know, we came to teaching art visual, the visual arts, because we really believe that it enhances the lives of the students, no matter what profession that they should choose. And, to the um, to the why are we doing this? That actually came up. Um, I was working with the the sixth grade. Um, we were looking at negative space, and you know they had never considered that the area between and around objects is itself space. And that's shapes. Wi- that's wild. That's wild. <laughs> and so I heard them as they discovered that there are in fact shapes between objects oh enlightening what i see it they said and that is the promise of the visual arts you know really being able to connect individuals to a way of seeing and discerning that they don't they don't get otherwise in any other discipline that's right and i i really believe that um that the the time that we spend with them for me twice a week for 45 minutes carries on all over campus. They take that with them. Um, As simple as just um, persevering and seeing success and feeling proud um, of something that they've created that they perhaps thought that they just never could do. Um, They carry that with them to their next um, class or back to homeroom or to PE or whatever they 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 hold on to those feelings, you know. Oh, absolutely. And, yeah, and out and then off out into the world. And I, I these kids are very lucky. <laughs> I yeah, think. we call it visual arts, but we're really about improving the lives of humans. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So, if anyone is as compelled as I am listening, and wants to like develop those muscles of of noticing, yes, maybe I have an idea. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. This is going to be the bow on our episode. What's your idea? The number one way I say for you to grow your ability to see is to draw blindly. So look at an object, draw what you see without looking at what you're drawing. Blind contour. So, but you still, so like I'm, I'm looking at the distance at this redwood tree. So yeah. my eyes are going to be on the redwood tree. My eyes are open. Right. There's paper in front of me right. and then I'm drawing you're, with mm-hmm. an HB pencil. <laughs> you choose, but, but I, most like, likely. I'm not, I'm not looking at my hand or the paper. Nope. Nope. I am looking. I'm not like looking at anything, closing my eyes and drawing. Yeah, I call this looking with the eyes rather okay. than the brain. Because when we're looking at our drawing, we're really using our brain's memory. And so when we're drawing without looking at our paper, we're relying solely on our vision. And you will record what you see. And guess what? It won't look like the tree. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And that's, that is how you can improve your sight. Um, I'm kind of cracking up because the third graders are on their way across campus, and I'm really hoping to find the duck help- helper. 
um, my friend, we could have asked him a little bit more about his oh, wow. profession. Oh, well. Well, I mean, I hope <laughs> by the end of this episode that we all become duck helpers. Duck helpers in spirit. <laughs> I think we need to make that shirt in the hub. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> and so what I've just invited everyone to do is to try something called blind contour drawing. And you can find lots of tutorials on YouTube for this. And this is the number one way to improve your seeing. Wonderful. so much. Yeah. Susie. All right. Thanks for joining us. Laura, thanks for joining us. You're welcome. Thanks for having us. All of you listening, do your blind contour Contour drawings. drawings. That's right. Go, folks. And no matter what day it is for you, happy Happy Friday. Friday.